Prime Minister is not uh, under a desk as the Dear, oh dear. Well, welcome to this special uh, edition of Double Jeopardy, the Law and Politics podcast with me, Ken MacDonald, former Director of Public Prosecutions and Barrister at Matrix Chambers. Um, with me, Tim Owen, also a Barrister at Matrix Chambers, uh, specialising in crime, public law and human rights law. And, and we thought that this um, this special edition was justified by the events of recent days, Tim. Yes. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm wondering whether by the time we've finished recording this, uh, anything we say will any longer be relevant. Uh, so it may be a high-risk strategy, assuming uh, that we've got anything useful to add to what will no doubt be a, an absolute deluge of uh, podcasts and comments today. Yeah, well, before we started, actually, Tim and I were chatting and you said, um, what can we say? And that's that's a very good question. But I think there are one or two things we could focus on. I mean, one of the things we discussed with Dominic Grieve last week was the extent to which Britain's reputation internationally was being trashed by this decreasing faith in our institutions, you know, the government's disrespect for the rule of law. And this is all playing out now in Parliament, isn't it? This sort of impending sense of chaos around our institutions and our uh, rules of government. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I thought was most powerful about uh, what uh, Sir Charles Walker the former, I think, deputy chair of the 1922 committee said in a, a much broadcast and repeated uh, interview um, yesterday was, I think he said, um, I just hope all these people who've supported Liz Truss and uh, got us to where we are, I hope it's been worth it for them. And he, he then describes in, in pretty savage terms his view of the utterly inadequate, incompetent, talentless bunch of people who now populate uh, the government i mean it was it was a pretty devastating commentary but it, but it reflects you know much of what we've talked about in the, since we started this podcast about about the quality of decision making certainly in the in the legal and criminal justice field that, that we we focus on yeah, we focus on that, but of course it's replicated elsewhere. Matthew Paris had an interesting column during the leadership contest in which he listed the people he described as the guilty men, I suppose we should say the guilty people, those who were clearly not Trussites, who'd swung behind her in the hope of a red box. And I think those are the people that Charles Walker was quite correctly calling out yesterday. This has really been catastrophic. I mean, I think the thing is that this can really all be traced back, can't it? Or a lot of it can be traced back to 2016 and the degradation of the Conservative Party, the throwing out of the leaders of the moderate one nation wing, the elevation of English nationalism um, and, and this kind of fantasy of a buccaneering independent Britain that could survive on the world stage without any major trading alliances. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. It's um, I think the most the most depressing thing about it all is it it. it it's just difficult to see how um, really talented people are going to be attracted uh, to political life. I mean, it looks like a whole generation will have been put off. Should, should we should we should we focus on on uh, the Home Secretary for a moment? I mean, we've spoken quite a lot about Liz Truss. Uh, sorry, uh, Suella Bravman. I mean, during during her short period as Home Secretary, she has been notably disloyal uh, to Liz Truss, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing in national terms is 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 an open question, but it was certainly a bad thing in party terms. So she, um, there was an intervention by her criticising Indian immigrants, students as uh, chronic 
take over stairs. She made a number of interventions around the question of immigration. It said that one of her interventions, the interventions around Indian students being the worst over stairs, so she claimed, uh, almost scuppered, if it didn't actually scupper, the Indian trade agreement. So she's not exactly, hasn't exactly been tactful as a minister. No, I mean, obviously, it's impossible to know the the reality of it. And all the reports today are of a flaming 90-minute shouting match between her and Liz Truss um, uh, over who knows what, whether it was a battle about whether she should resign because she'd breached the ministerial code in relation to sending out a single email uh, attaching a confidential information, which seems an utterly preposterous reason in fact, bearing in mind all the things that uh, other ministers have have done without feeling compelled to resign, um, one just doesn't know. But, I mean, from the minute that uh, she was appointed, uh, she's, she's like a sort of ticking time bomb, it would seem. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly a pretext. It, it's, not, it's, it, it's, 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 it's something that she shouldn't have done, but it's not a sackable offence to use a personal email. Uh, other ministers have done it. Boris Johnson did it. <laughs> Hillary Clinton, of course, famously did it. She's been sacked because she's been disloyal, uh, because she's been machinating against Liz Truss and because she wants to be prime minister herself. The question is, where does this leave the Home Office? I mean, what's your assessment of Grant Shapps as a new Home Secretary? Well... <laughs> <laughs> difficult to know isn't it i mean by the by the standards of competence um over the last few years of this conservative government he he perhaps emerges as a towering figure <laughs> yeah. of, 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 of apparent competence he's at least capable of stringing a sentence together um and expressing uh, a clear set of views and, and answering questions clearly, unlike, for example, Anne-Marie Trevelyan, who I listened to this morning on the Today programme the, on the 10 past eight slot. I mean, God almighty, what an extraordinary... I mean, she was totally robotic. Grant Shapps, of course, is, is and, and was completely uh, unable to answer the question of whether she expected the Prime Minister to lead the Conservative Party into the next election, which she clearly won't. Grant Shapps, of course, is most famous for, for operating an alter ego, Michael Green, and selling get-rich-quick yes. get <laughs> material <laughs> on the internet and denying it for years until uh, he finally admitted it in 2015. I mean, I think he's probably more towards the One Nation wing of Conservatives than certainly than Liz uh, than uh, Suella Braverman or Liz Truss ever were. So it may be that he'll be a slightly less uh, monsterish Home Secretary. I mean, I don't know what view he'll take about Rwanda. The trouble is the Conservative membership now is so right-wing, so English nationalist and so wedded to that kind of policy, it's going to be very difficult for him to drop it. So I imagine they'll pursue that um, in spite of all the legal difficulty. Uh, quite what his views are on other broader criminal justice questions uh, is an open question, but I, I, I think he'll probably be less red in meat and claw than than Suella Braverman would have been. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, yes, in the sense that that nobody could be uh, more extreme and um, uh, um, impossible to uh, accept as a Home Secretary than Suella Braverman. I mean, I think Braverman has emerged over the last few months as the nearest thing we've got in in British politics to to Trump-style politics i mean the statements that that she made when she was attorney general about breaking international law her willingness to 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 tramp over all kinds of of conventions and acceptable limits um uh, of someone holding that office uh meant that 
I mean, it's just extraordinary that Truss thought that she was an appropriate person to appoint to that office in the first place. And it, it, it's extraordinary in terms of the weakness of her position that Truss should appoint as Home Secretary a, a man who spent the last couple of weeks effectively lobbying to get rid of her. Well, exactly. I mean, some of his language about has been quite colourful. It, it was always obvious, I think, that Suella Braverman and Liz Truss were going to fall out over immigration because Liz Truss is a liberal on immigration. She wanted to increase Im- immigration, to reduce the the salary cap, uh, to allow more seasonal workers in, and 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 Braverman's an absolute reactionary on immigration. Doesn't want any at all. So that that was obviously going to be a significant clash between them. And, and, and as I say, I'm sure that's the reason that they've um, that. Ravman's leaving the government. But what about a, a, a broader issue? I mean, it, it looks, whatever um, the new Chancellor says, that we're moving into a new period of austerity. Um, we've just, we've been talking quite a lot during this podcast series about the effects of austerity point one on uh, the justice system and particularly the criminal justice system. I mean, we may be facing austerity point two. I know the government's come to an arrangement with the criminal bar, but that might be the last arrangement for some years. What do you think um, is likely to be the effect? I mean, they're 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 bound to make cuts, aren't they, in the justice system? Oh, yeah. I mean, the the Justice Department, is well, as you will have known from your uh, past um, job as DPP, although you obviously escaped the, yeah, the worst cuts. You, you'd effectively uh, you'd left the building before yeah, <laughs> before the twenty five percent or whatever it was cuts were were, were inflicted while Keir was uh, Keir Starmer was DPP. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean uh, I, uh, yesterday or day before, I think it was. There was an interesting thread on Twitter. Um, from Claire Waxman. Now, Claire Waxman is the Victims Commissioner for London and her webpage uh, on London City Hall says, in her role as Victims Commissioner, Claire Waxman aims to overhaul the Criminal Justice Service to enable victims to access a timely, effective, transparent and inclusive justice journey, whether they choose to report the offence all the way through to post-sentence. So that's her job. And she uh, issued a series of tweets a couple of days ago following her visit to Inner London Crown Court, which is obviously a court that you and I recall from the 1980s and 90s when we, I think, both did quite a few cases down there. And so this is what she said in the tweet. I visited in a London Crown Court today, which demonstrated the scale of the challenges facing our courts. Judges and staff do their best to manage, but I'm appalled and dismayed to see what would once have been a beautiful court building become so dilapidated. I watched a victim leave the court in tears because their trial was adjourned for at least the third time this year. No warning was given prior to them turning up at court, and we don't know if any support was there for them when they left. The Citizens Advice Witness Service do the best they can with limited resources but rely on volunteers. On most days there's only one person dealing with up to 15 victims' witnesses and sometimes there are no volunteers in the building. One courtroom is currently out of action because the heating doesn't work and simply too cold to use. The entire building runs off a single boiler as starting the second one would cause other courtrooms to overheat. Issues like these need urgent attention, brackets, funding from government. She then has in the tweet a picture of 
the the ceiling in a room in the in a London Crown Court where all the panels have either fallen away, exposing the wiring and everything else, or they're stained after a flood. And she says these pictures show the family room in inverted commas, a safe space where victims and their children would ordinarily be able to spend time prior to giving evidence. Unfortunately, flooding from the leaking roof has taken this room out of action too. This reflects more than a decade of neglect and underfunding, with backlogs topping 60,000 cases and some victims waiting six years from reporting. They end their journey in a space like this. I urge Brandon Lewis to ensure the courts are given the attention and resources they need. And then after her tweets, lots of people have replied. I think a lot of the barristers with incredible photographs of other Crown Courts with exposed bare wiring, floods, stained walls and stained carpets and so on. So, I mean, that's, that is the system as it is now. And, and those of us who go to Crown Courts have seen that decline over the last decade. And, and I mean, the reality is, as, as you've been saying, I mean, I, it's impossible to see uh, how that degree of degradation is going to be tackled. I mean, that's, uh, I saw that tweet as well. It was extraordinarily powerful testimony from her. And, and um, this is, as you've said, replicated in courts across the country. They really are now, as, as Dominic said, Dominic Grieve said, actually, in our last podcast, they are depressing, decrepit places. And this is our, you know, this is our justice system. This is one of our institutions which we're supposed to be most proud of, British Justice. So the situation is no different in Scotland and Northern Ireland. These these places have been starved of funds. The public, the legal aid lawyers have been starved of funds. The police, uh, not in a brilliant state themselves. This is all leading to a very very um, bad bad place. And and I think the problem now is that we're facing, despite the increase in, in fees to barristers, we're, we're facing further cuts. What government is going to pri- prioritise rebuilding the inner London Crown Court? So I think, I think we're in the dog days now. We're in the, the death throes of, of, of this journey from 2016 to a change of government. I know, I know the Labour government, if it comes, is not going to challenge Brexit, but at least we might see a bit more attention to the public space, including the justice space. But we, we'll have to see whether that's possible and what sort of state the economy uh, is left in. It's a pretty depressing episode, this, Tim. Yes. Um, I mean, when Dominic, uh, when we were interviewing Dominic Grieve, I think at the end, um, after a fairly gloomy set of uh, comments by him about about Suella Braverman and generally the justice system, um, we were talking, I think we were saying, well, hopefully the next time we talk, there's something cheerful <laughs> to discuss. I mean, actually, of course, the departure of Suella Braverman is an extremely uh, good and uh, heartwarming development in one sense, because, I mean, she has been a truly uh, appalling, she was a truly appalling Attorney General and, and was, in her short time in the office, a, a, a terrifyingly bad Home Secretary. But it's not yeah. just her, is it? I mean, it's if you think about it, the, the area that we're interested in, justice, civil justice, criminal justice, and, and, and so on, I mean, you've got a bunch of people who you just get the impression they're just not very good. I mean, mm. we've got an attorney general and a solicitor general who no one's ever heard of, and they've certainly left no footprints in the legal sand dunes. We've had Braverman in the charge of the Home Office, which is obviously dealing with the prison system. And then you've got a Justice Secretary 
uh, in the form of Brandon Lewis, who, yes, of course, it's unlike Raab, he uh, met with the Criminal Bar Association in, in, a, in a positive spirit, it would seem, and uh, the result has been the settling of the strike, and, and although members of the junior bar, I think, are horrified uh, and voted in huge numbers uh, against accepting the offer. Um, uh, but generally, apart from what Brandon Lewis has done in, in relation to the strike, I mean, no statements that I'm aware of that he's made about the justice system. And of course, what can he say when Jeremy Hunt has announced that all departments have got to accept cuts to the budget? But I think it's a good point you make, Tim. He hasn't exactly come in the, into the office with a great statement uh, of intent. I'm not aware that, that he's made any major statement about what he intends to do as Secretary of State for Justice and Lord Chancellor. And I suspect uh, he, he, he doesn't know. You also make an important point about the, the criminal bar. I mean, the, the, the junior criminal bar voted against this deal. Uh, and they are the most militant uh, in this situation. So that if fees don't keep pace with inflation over the next year or two, we will see um, more trouble. But, you, but you're right to look on the bright side. I think we can safely say that Grant Shapps will be a better Home Secretary than Suella Bravman. Whether he'll be a good Home Secretary is a very different question. Um, can we just before you uh, close, I just want to, to play this, which is the... Um, the, uh, the the famous gongs, the opening gongs of um, <laughs> of uh, news at ten um, last night. It has been a night of astonishing scenes at Westminster, with reports of jostling, manhandling, bullying, and shouting outside the parliamentary lobbies in a supposed vote of confidence in the government. The deputy chief whip was reported to have left the scene, saying, "I'm absolutely effing furious. I just don't effing care anymore." Before he resigned, along with the chief whip. But we've just been told they have now officially unresigned. The Home Secretary has, however, definitely. Gone. In short, it is total, absolute, abject chaos. <laughs> yes. Um, well, it, it sounds from that description that uh, 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 quite a significant number of criminal offences may have been committed uh, in, <laughs> in, the, in the parliamentary lobby in order to uh, to compel uh, Conservative <laughs> members of Parliament to, to vote against the Labour motion on fracking. But um, yeah. no, doubt, no doubt there'll be a thorough police investigation. Yeah, I think Chris Bryant has got some photographic evidence which, contrary to Speaker's rules, he's been sharing with the world. Yes, well, it's on that note, on that bombshell, um, I think we've probably said enough uh, today. And uh, the sooner we get this uh, episode released to um, the wider public, probably the better. You've been listening to Double Jeopardy uh, with Ken MacDonald and me, Tim Owen. I hope you've enjoyed this brief uh, assessment of the current chaos. If you've enjoyed listening to it and um, you want to leave us a review, please do so. Uh, good reviews help other people to find us. Our editor this week is, as always, Billy Lawrence and our social media advisor is Jess Jones. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please do follow us. You know what to do. You tick the follow button in the top right-hand corner of the homepage 